see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley. Today, I sit down with Dr. Jessica Kreigel, workplace culture expert, for a fascinating discussion on, you guessed it, workplace culture. Before I lose half the audience who don't want to listen to yet another speaker pigeonhole them based on their age or another, well, back in my day conversation, I'll lead with Jessica's statement that much of the way that we think about each generation is made up. There's actually no data to support a lot of these stereotypes. She also reveals that Greek philosophers were complaining about the next generation 2,500 years ago. It's just human nature. What Jessica does is explain how to avoid putting people in these boxes at work and instead learn to foster a culture that creates an environment where people want to come to work for you because, as we all know, the push for talented employees is at an all-time high. So now with all the fancy introductions out of the way, we are very happy to welcome Dr. Jessica Kriegel to the podcast. Welcome, doctor. Thank you so much for having me. So you are here at the ELC with PMMI and your expertise is culture. And it's a broad term, obviously. So I'm interested to hear from your point of view, how you define it, you know, what is culture? It's a great question. I think that the way that organizations have talked about culture and defined culture has evolved in recent years because the nature of business is changing and therefore the nature of how we connect in business is changing. Right now, the way that we should be looking at culture is through the lens of what is the shared experience of being on the journey with this company as our employer, essentially. So it's the human experience of being an employee at your company. What is that? And how can we identify the moments in the journey that matter that we can then craft intentionally? And that's essentially the, the breaking down of the process of, tr- of crafting culture and transforming culture is looking at the experience moment by moment so that you can actually transform what the experience is. Interesting. Okay, so then I guess from that point of view, is, is the culture sort of everybody's responsibility? Is it the employer's responsibility? Is it the employee's responsibility? Especially in, a, in something like manufacturing, which is a, a unique industry, who takes on that burden? It's a great question. It's a shared responsibility. We are all co-creating the culture together because my experience is made up of my interaction with my colleague as well as my interaction with my boss and my interaction with the processes and structures and systems that are set up by the leadership of the company. So ultimately, it's everyone's shared responsibility to create culture. However, I still do believe that there's a responsibility that starts at the top to drive what direction culture should be going in. 
so that we all know what we're aiming for. It's the the why, right? Why are we here? What are we doing here together? And, and what are the expectations of me as an employee? So it's certainly most heavily on the organization and the leadership specifically. It's not something that's run by HR, even though it often gets associated with HR. HR can certainly have a massive impact, but without the leadership's entire team being bought in, we really aren't going to be able to control culture without the rest of the leaders. And then it's up to every employee to show up according to the culture expectations and norms that we're trying to co-create. Okay, so again, I'm, I'm going to kind of keep looking at this from our, we're in packaging, we're in processing, we're in manufacturing sector. So it, it's a little bit different than the typical, um, you know, corporate setting. And I'm, how has this evolved and how has it changed to where manufacturing can keep up with the expectations of what this generation that's now coming into the workplace and and generation x and the people in between what they're expecting out of a culture did that make sense or is there a better way i could word that for you so I wrote a book about generational dynamics in the workplace years ago, and I know that you recently had Jason Dorsey on the podcast as well, and he's a generations expert. And one of the things that we both agree on is that mm -hmm. so much of the way that we think about each generation is made up. It's not data driven. We are essentially stereotyping a lot when we're talking about what millennials want and even what baby boomers want or expect. So much of that is really just anecdotal information and assumptions that we're making about people based on these really broad definitions of their age bracket, right? So the first step is we have to look beyond the generation and actually understand the people within this organization, what are their expectations, when, what are their needs? That's why we have to elevate the voice of the employee. There are employee engagement surveys, which obviously a lot of people are doing. I would say that there are probably more advanced ways of elevating the voice of the employee, which we can talk about. But ultimately, it's about getting deep into what it is that your employees want. And what I will say in my research and the work that I've done with the organizations that I've worked with, at their core, everyone wants the same thing. It's the same thing that we've all wanted since ancient times. It's the thing we've all been seeking in our lives as humans. It's the meaning of life. It's what meaning do we have and what's driving us. We want to feel whole. We don't want to feel fractured and disconnected. We want to feel like we understand our whole selves and we want to feel connected connected to our family, to each other, to something bigger than ourselves. Those are at their essence, the three core things that every employee wants. What we're seeing now is those needs and those desires and those essential human drivers for us as people, they're showing up in the workplace more than they have before. And the reason is because the lines between our personal life and our work life have started to blur a little bit with COVID and so on. A lot of people are now working more flexibly. Even the people who have to go into a location to do their work are demanding flexible work options in terms of what time they can go into work and so on, because they're realizing that maybe there's more that they didn't realize was as important to them before COVID. Now they, they're doing a gut check and saying, yeah, you know what, actually it is important for me to be able to have breakfast with my kids or to be able to go to the soccer game. And so 
it's allowing people to show up as their whole selves to allow them to feel connected to something and to make sure that they understand the meaning of what they're doing and, and allowing all of that to authentically bubble up to the surface and, and talk about the whole human. Interesting. I guess I'm, I'm also trying to look at it from the other point of view, too, um, as we talk about culture. There might be the, um, I don't know what the word I'm trying to look for, but basically the, the people that are in charge had to do it a certain way to, to become the people in charge. And I don't want to use the word resentment, but it, there must be some hesitation on their end to say, but we all did it this way, and this is how it's always been, and this is the culture that we came up with, and it worked just fine. How do you break through that? And how do you flip that to, to understand that it isn't as simple as, well, this is what I had to do, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of thing? Yeah, I would say that it starts with a certain level of acceptance because it worked just fine in the past. Is it working now is the first question I would ask, right? And right. if it's not working now, we can battle that. We can be upset about that. and We can have frustration and resentment all we want. But the sooner we get to acceptance that things are different now and we have to do it differently, the sooner we can start to be problem solvers and the sooner we can start to be a little bit more connected to each other. And it speaks to where we started, which is that we cannot see people through the lens of the stereotypes we hold about them. We have to see people through the lens of, of where they are now. And, and I would also argue that a lot of these changes, they're not changes that the millennial or the Gen Z generation are bringing forth to the workplace. There are changes that have affected every generation. And everyone is looking differently at the workplace now, regardless of generation, because the expectations of work are different. And so um, it's easy to blame the younger generations for changes in societal norms. But I will quote my book from 2,500 years ago, Socrates was complaining about the younger generations of his time. And he was saying, people today, the young people value chatter in the place of hard work, and they care about luxuries too much, and they're quite vulgar. And so the complaints <laughs> about the younger generation 2,500 years ago are the same complaints we have about the younger generation today. So there's something human about that too, right? It's natural for us to resist change and to feel like it was better in my day. And it has always been that way. And so that's just something we also have to accept. This is a dynamic that we will struggle with. That's a very interesting way. And it is, as you're saying it, like it, it, it is just something you go through life where the older, you know, your older brother is the person that tells you what to do and you just follow what they say. And, and then it's your parents. And then it's your, it's, it's interesting that, like you said, it's just something that, that kind of pervades through us as humans. And I guess, and I see it in myself, too. I mean, I'm a millennial. I'm one of the oldest millennials. But I have, uh, you know, I'm dating someone who's got a 17-year-old daughter. And she has a completely different life than the one that I was familiar with that I remember from my high school. And the things that she's into and the content that she's you know, sharing with her friends and just even the way that she's sharing content, it's all so foreign to me. I mean, I look at the us weekly magazine covers these days and i'm like i don't know any of those people and I'm starting to feel like what is wrong with this generation <laughs> right. you know then i i get to know them i get to to in, interact with them and i'm like oh there is a lot that i missed out on and not being able to be a part of this and so you know it's just a learning process it's just the part of getting old i mean i think ultimately we're all not loving the idea that we're getting old you know yeah, it, it does simplify it down to, to, like you just said, we just aren't really psyched about not being the, 
you know, the quote unquote cool kids or the, or the, uh, the people that are in the know anymore. And, and it, it, it obviously goes into the workplace as well, which is interesting. And I guess to, to kind of that point is, do you think it's something where, let's say previously the seventies, the eighties in the workforce, these were things that, that workers just didn't think they could say as part of the culture or, cause I can't imagine that everybody didn't, didn't feel this way when, you know, generations ago that like, I don't want to go in and just, you know, punch a clock and then go home and, and I want my family more integrated into my life and things like that. Is it just something where as generations, younger generations have come up, they've just been more willing to be outspoken about it? Or I mean, can you speak to that a bit? Yeah, it's a great question. So as I said, these things that we want in the workplace are the things that we, the collective, we have wanted since the beginning of time. We want meaning. We want to know what the meaning of life is, right? We want to feel connected, which is love. We want love in our lives. And we want that sense of, um, we want wholeness, which is to feel whole. We want to know who we really are. We want to know um, where our place is in the world. And so That's always been the case. That's not something that's new to this generation. But the expectations of the workplace were different and the structures were different. So in the 1970s, it was a very top-down structure. There was a a very hierarchical norm within most organizations in which information went from the top to the bottom, right? These days, because of technology, information is multidimensional and multidirectional. And so the employee who is an intern has a much louder voice because they can go on Twitter and at the company and complain about something. And so it's not just a top-down communication structure as it was in the 70s, right? In the 1970s, 80% of the balance sheet for the average Fortune 500 company was physical assets. It was materials. It was inventory. It was real estate. Now, 85% on average of the balance sheet for Fortune 500 companies is immaterial. It's brand value. It's intellectual property. It's the people, right? And so whereas in the 70s, we were trying to get people to be more like machines. Now the machines are fine. The machines can be the machines. We need people to be people. We need managers who can lead people through the emotional turmoil that it is to be a person in the world today. It's hard, you know? And so we need people who can guide and counsel and coach people through that. Interesting. Okay. I I kind of danced around the culture thing and, and and I appreciate it to no end, but there's this one statement that I know you're, that you use in your presentation that I'm curious to, to hear your take on. And I, I'd love to hear before we have to wrap up is that you say that the war for talent is over and the talent won. And I think I understand what you're saying, but could you speak a little bit more to that and its effect on not only culture, but you know, the workplace and, and society in general, because it is affecting, you know, the great resignation, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that is a great line that I stole from Kevin Osborne, the CEO of I4CP at his annual conference. And he started the conference by saying the war for talent is over and the talent won. I just was (laughs) in the aisles rolling, laughing about that. It's a great line because what it speaks to fundamentally is that the shift in supply and demand for employees is is different now than it was in the past. And it has historically ebbed and flowed. And right now, um, the demand for employees is much stronger than the supply of the employees. This is the great resignation, or as it's often been called, the great reshuffling that's happening right now. As people look inward and ask themselves what their, their inner truth is about what they want in this 
life and what they want for their their family and their lifestyle, they're revisiting the decisions they've made about their job and they're moving with their feet, right? And so what I mean by the talent one and what I think Kevin was getting at is that we now have to cater to this supply-demand balance, which is uh, a little bit out of whack as compared to 10 years ago, right? You no longer are interviewing people for a job with the mentality of, well, why should I pick you? You should now be interviewing people with the mentality of, here's why you should come work for us. And you are trying to convince and, and lure people to your company by giving them a vision. I mean, that's what people want is like, what is the meaning that you are creating in this world? And how does the meaning that I want to create in this world align with that? It's why the strategic planning work is is so critical right now to really articulate in a clear way the power of what this organization is doing way beyond profits and shareholder value, but about the difference you're making in the world. And in this particular field, I think that it is for your audience anyway, a really easy story. You know, I mean, life comes in boxes, right? I mean, I think of the egg carton that I gave to my one-year-old daughter because I was like, she's not going to want a toy. You know, that was the egg carton that some machine built that then created this beautiful memory. You know, I think of the envelope that the letter goes into that you write your amends to the person that you harmed in the past and you create healing and peace in that relationship. I mean, all of, all of our lives are, they come in, it comes in packaging, you know, we're creating does, memories, yeah. we're creating a life for people. And so it's part of the ecosystem. We all have to find our place in that ecosystem. And, and so there's a story in this industry that I think is really easy to help people connect to. Um, so I think leaning into that story is pretty critical right now. Very, very interesting. And I think that's a good way to kind of put a button on this discussion as again, we've taken enough of your time. So I, w- I just want to thank you, Dr. Kriegel for taking uh, a few minutes to come on here and, and explain a little bit about culture and about how it has sort of evolved and also always kind of been here <laughs> and been something that people have been seeking for thousands of years. So thank you again, Dr. Jessica Kriegel, for coming on the pod with us. Thank you so much, Sean. It was a pleasure. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.